do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. Got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Libro Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical Libro Cubicalist. This show is like a journal where I talk about all the things my brain has consumed so that it does not just sit up there and slowly drive me insane. You may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so I feel I should warn of that distinct possibility. Last but least, in an idea stolen from John Gabris, I offer to you the following deal. Rate the podcast five stars in iTunes, meaning this podcast, meaning the iTunes. And I will read just about anything you put in the review. Easy peasy, Socrateasy. I will now push a button. Oh, you know what I should do? Uh, I should actually check if there has been any reviews. Um, I think I've reached the point now where someone could have, although as unlikely as it is, uh, have reviewed the podcast by now. Like I started saying that at episode 400, uh, and this is episode 406. Uh, so I think someone technically could have heard it and reviewed it by now, but I do not see any terrific terrific thank you for that uh, i will now push a button that will start to see if i'm pushing button now let's get ready to review some things Today's movie monologue sponsor is Corbin Taxi and Limousine Services Incorporated. Movie the first, you are no doubt aware, is Phantasm 3, colon, Lord of the Dead. You are no doubt aware because I am watching a Phantasm movie every week and bringing it back here for, I think, five weeks. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, this one, I don't know if I liked it as much as the second one, just because, well, let me tell you my sort of timeline. Uh, watched the first one, really didn't like it, debated even going on, got to the second one, and maybe my hopes were so low that, uh, it turned out it's sort of crazy, kooky, uh, corniness that had been amped up from the first one, uh, really hit my like button, uh, so maybe I was expecting that more so in this and it does definitely have that Uh, it is this movie is much closer to the second one than it is to the first one that is definitely safe to say but um i don't know can you only go so far in the crazy 
um, tall man, floating orbs, uh, uh, black woman with nunchucks, <laughs> fucking, it is pretty insane. It, it is pretty insane. Something I love of this franchise, apparently, is that, like, the main sort of guy, uh, is like a, a bald dude with a ponytail. <laughs> Just fucking rocking it out, man. Uh, yeah, it's, it's good. Uh, you, you got your supernatural stuff. Is it supernatural? That That's another thing I kind of like of this franchise. Is it supernatural or is it, uh, like sci-fi? You, you could make an argument for both things in this franchise. So I kind of like that as well. Uh, so rating wise, uh, you know, for this one, uh, as I said, I don't think I liked it as much as number two. So I'll just go with solid three, which is... Um, enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. Okay, moving on to Get Out. Finally got my hands on this. The goddamn missus uh, asked me, she has, uh, I can honestly say this, she has never asked me uh, if I could get a movie as much as she had for this one. Uh, just consistently nagging, 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 nagging. So I got it, and it is good. <laughs> uh, if you're unfamiliar with this, uh, sort of famously was at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes for a very long time. Uh, a young African-American man visits his Caucasian's girlfriend's mysterious family state is the Imbuda description, which doesn't really tell you much. Um, I really, really liked it. Uh, the missus gave it a higher mark than I did, which is almost unheard of on her broken scale. Uh, she said 4.5, and uh, I'll definitely go solid 4, but I think the fact that I went into this with such high hopes, combined with there were at least... God, it had to have been, and the missus must have been annoyed. In fact, I think she was a little. That there was at least five times where I said, oh, I bet you this is going to happen. And then within a minute, it happened. Uh, I talk about on this podcast, probably particularly in the movie monologue, uh, how things that surprise me in movies tend to get higher marks on my sort of weird convoluted scale. So uh, the fact that it happened so many times where I knew what was going to happen... Uh, was a little disappointing. Uh, right up to the end, I sort of called everything. So uh, there's that sense of superiority, I guess you could call it, at feeling smart on knowing what's going to happen. But you know what? To be honest, I'd rather not have that and be surprised by a movie. Like uh, most recently, Black Mountainside. That one sort of did it to me. Uh, okay, so next we have The Fifth Element. Have you seen the first, the first four elements? Huh? Uh, yeah, uh, for the last two movies, uh, I decided just to rewatch movies I had seen. I was sort of in that nostalgic mood, I guess, maybe. And they were both, I have just realized, kind of sci-fi. This one, definitely sci-fi. The other one, no, I guess they both are. Uh, in the colorful future, Cab Driver unwittingly becomes the central figure in the search for a legendary cosmic weapon to keep evil and Mr. Zorg at bay. <laughs> uh, that's a fun description, Imda. Good, good, good job on that one. Uh, it doesn't really tell too much, and it's a little quirky, which can describe this movie. It is a little quirky, uh, a little strange, comedy, sci-fi, uh, everything you want in a movie. Really, this is one of my favorite sci-fi movies. Just probably period. 
Uh, rating fifth element gets a fifth out of five. What? No, that's not good. How about a five out of five? Because a fifth out of five would be one out of five, would it not? I'm not good at math. Which is why I'm, the timer's done. I should be t done talking about movies, but I have one more to go. Uh, the World's End. Uh, this is of the Cornetto trilogy. Uh, number three of that trilogy. And it's good. I like it. I like all of these movies. Uh, it's not as good as Shaun of the Dead. Um, you know what? I need a rewatching of Hot Fuzz. I haven't seen that in a long time. I don't know if it's as good as that either. Uh, but it's fine. Uh, the one thing I'll say of this is, uh, of the main character, Mr. King, whatever his name is, uh, I do understand that nostalgia of party days past. Um, I have that, I have had that very strongly. I don't so much at it anymore, I guess, since my partying days are, uh, fairly behind me for the most part compared to uh, as hard as I used to party back in the day compared to how little I party now uh, I think the old me would be sickened sickened by it but the new me healthy <laughs> so I guess there's that er Today's television talk sponsor is the Neogenic Recombinator. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, I got a kind of a cool nostalgia E1 uh, stumbled across on Netflix, uh, I guess like a month and change ago probably. It is Spider-Man, the 1994 to 1998 animated series Spider-Man. Man, this, uh, I was flicking through Netflix looking for the next show to have sort of on the go, as I do, and uh, stumbled across this. And when that uh, that opening credit hits you, <laughs> that 90s rock and guitar uh, credits. You know what I'm a little disappointed by is that it's only got uh, uh, two out of five stars on Netflix. I don't know why that is. I, I I think like some of the animation maybe doesn't hold up 100%. But I like the Spider-Man stories. I like uh, I like the animation style. Uh, I like the guy who voices Spider-Man who was also uh, in the Brady Bunch movie. Ah, yeah. How about that? Uh, I like, uh, the bad guys, uh, the, the nostalgia is perhaps tainting my vision of this just on, on, on that note right there, this, this, the series as a whole, geez, do I go five out of five? I like, I'm very, very close to giving it five out of five, but then I look at like Batman, the animated series, and then sort of compare it to this, which is maybe not fair. Uh, okay. I'll tell you what, uh, if I'm feeling in a nostalgic move. I give this a 5 out of 5. If I'm not, I will give it less than that. Convoluted rating completed. Uh, yeah, so uh, this is this is sort of classic Spider-Man starting from his origin story all the way up to... Uh, shoot, what do they call it? Something Wars. Chaos Wars? Clone Wars? Is it Clone Wars? Uh, there is a clone there. Maybe it is. Uh, and it gets freaking crazy. Uh, at one point... Uh, on a on an alien planet, Spider-Man is brought. This, this is just to sort of emphasize how crazy it gets. And he has to defeat. Uh, let's see if I can do this off the top of my head. Uh, Doc Ock, uh, Doctor Doom, uh, 
uh, Red Skull, uh, friggin' The Lizard, uh, who am I forgetting? Doctor Doom, did I say? Tuck Ock. Uh, uh, Wilson, not Wilson Fisk. Uh, anyways, there's a bunch of bad guys and he's got to defeat. So then he's got to pick a team from anywhere uh, in time or space. Uh, his choices leave a little bit to be desired. Like, why wouldn't you just go... Uh, oh, shoot. Who's in his universe that he could pick? Well, he just pick Iron Man. That's kind of a cool one, I guess. Uh, he picks uh, Captain America. Yeah, sure. Uh, he picks all of the Fantastic Four, even Invisible Woman. Come on. Really? Are you going to pick her to save an entire species planet? Uh, and then he gets Black Cat in there. And who am I forgetting? See, uh, 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 Storm. Oh, yeah. Gets Storm in there as well. Uh, why not Professor X? Anyways, uh, I'm just saying like that's sort of the crazy madcap over-the-top thing that this built towards. Uh, it did sort of start off early on where it was just sort of typical Spider-Man versus maybe the Green Goblin type stories, comic booky stories, it felt. Not, not that the later ones aren't, but... Uh, it's that slowly amping craziness that uh, that I liked. Uh, and I always like when it's like something about teams of things, where be it teams of bad guys or teams of good guys, whenever there's a... I think that's why I like the X-Men so much. Uh, whenever there's a, a, a large group of people with varying different powers... Uh, I could just sort of look at that for hours. Like, I, I recently have been reading, and this will sort of segue, ooh, if the timer goes off, this would be good, uh, into our next segment. Uh, I've been reading the Monster Manual, the Dungeons & Dragons Monster Manual, I think for that reason. It's like a, looking at a group of things and their powers. Sort of uh, why probably Pokemon is so popular. Uh, so Spider-Man... Uh, please give it a, a look if you don't mind. And I am sure that uh, you will like it as much as I did. Moving on to... Haha. Today's book banter slash game Gavin sponsor is We Read Owl's Bar and Library. Okay, so uh, what I've decided to do because several reasons. Uh, primarily, I have not had time to game or uh, finish a book. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know what the next book will be. It will be Stephen King's It, uh, which you may not know is like over a thousand pages. So might take me a bit. Uh, and haven't had time to gain because I've been focusing a lot of energy on uh, the playing and soon-to-be DMing of Dungeons & Dragons or D&D &D if you prefer. So uh, what I thought I would do uh, to sort of put a pin in the playing of D&D &D, which happened last weekend from my perspective, uh, I would read the last recap of our last, of our last session. Uh, my current DM, who will now be a player in the game that I will be running, uh, is having a baby, so he uh, needed to step down because if you've ever DM'd you will know it is a lot of work, and you know what else is a lot of work? Having a baby, so doing both probably not advisable. I am in the uh, great position of not having a baby. Just, that's great. 
period. Uh, so I decided uh, I would step in. Uh, he and uh, some of my friends will eventually be playing, and potentially uh, I'll be talking about that in a future game, Gabins, I do imagine. Uh, but uh, in this one, I thought I would just uh, read the uh, recap of our final session so you could see some of the sort of hijinks that can happen in a D&D &D game. Here we go. Ses <laughs> Off to a great start. Screwed up on the very first word. Terrific. Session 9 finale. May 13th, 2017. Colon. Let's Jenkin this. Let's Jenkins this. As the scroll expands, so does our story. Eight-hour dragon flight and not even a bag of peanuts? Top it off with dropping poor Barb from a 20-foot height, and this is worse than United Airlines. Topical joke. But seriously, folks, the SWAT team... Uh, that's what we called ourselves because it was Silaros, We Red Al, uh, Alanar, and Taflin. So, spelled SWAT. <laughs> How about that? Um, uh, the SWAT team would not have made it to the base of this quintessentially evil mountaintop lair if it was if it were not for the young bronze dragon Pokri. Uh, the flight took a lot out of everyone. Pokri had to find food, and both Silros and Taflin decided to take a nap, quote-unquote. Uh, they, uh, the people playing those two characters, were late, so their characters took a nap. Uh, Alinar, we read out Fleerg and Barb, Fleerg and Barb are NPCs, all decided they would get a jump start on adventure and began making their way up the mountain. Climbing? Check. Poison thorn bushes? Check. Goatman offering a powerful sword to defeat the evil you will face so that goats can once more live peacefully on the mountain without interference? A double check. Tathlin awakes and sees that Silros looks so peaceful he does not have the heart to wake him, so leaves him sleeping on the side of a mountain, and meets up with the rest of the band just as they breach what appears to be uh, the shipping and receiving warehouse of the Fair Isles, the bad guy, compound. Uh, turns out super wealthy evil masterminds can afford some serious security, specifically two golden mechanical clockwork beings that combine the worst of being stabby and punchy. Uh, some singing to prevent sonic attacks, that was me, uh, some well-placed bolts and arrows, and lastly, some hits so hard that the very oily lifeblood of these constructs started oozing from holes in their bodies meant that eventually, uh, Marut, Marut, Marut is on fire. Uh, Marut was the name of one of the constructs. We'll just let this play. We don't need no water. Let the motherfucker burn. Burn. Burn, motherfucker, burn. We Red Al is considering that this whole enterprise is maybe not worth it. That is until Eleanor gives him the dwarven porn book he found in a storage room. And that invigorates him so much so that he rushes headlong 
uh, gaseous form long into a natural cavern offshoot that is filled with mushrooms of the non-edible mind-melding variety. Mushrooms that hit Al full force with the realization that he is short. He's a gnome. Uh, cause Barb to think she is alternately covered in delicious insects and thinking that nobody likes her. And lastly, cause Alinar to consider how he has led his life up until this point and then made him want to forsake his monkly vow of chastity for a chance to bed. The admittedly very sexy Wee Red Owl. And some sentient stalactites are not going to stop him. Hmm. Uh, mushroom effects shaken off the group decides it is perhaps time for a rest so Alinar uses his superb carpentry skills to barricade themselves in the aforementioned storage room while the team tries to rest Silveros awakens refreshed and ready to go not at all upset that his friends left him out in the open sleeping on the side of the mountain with no protection whatsoever he arrives just in time to see a pack of displacer beasts in a battle with his friends and between them all they make quick work of them uh, refreshed, fully powered, and all together, at last, Team Swat is ready to take on the rest of the dungeon, cut deep into the side of this mountain. Uh, their first task seems to be to make it through a vast room with giant pillars, and unfortunately, also filled with glowing, floating balls of light, that even when you are invisible... You cannot sneak by, which is what I tried to do. Uh, Silros learns that touching balls is not always fun as they shock him. Uh, Al confronts the person who seems to be controlling this security system, and when reasoning with him fails, as it often seems to do, the group has no choice but to kill him, thus dissipating the remainder of the glowing orbs. Kanan, who's the bad guy, main one, Pharaoh, Kanan Pharaoh, uh, likes to talk so much that the next room is seemingly designed just for that purpose. Alinar finds a note on a podium, and Al deduces that the completion of the induction ceremony, ceremony written on the speech would open the magically locked door so they could proceed further. Hmm. Uh, the next door should come as no surprise. If you want other people who have joined your cult to enter your lair, a door that only opens for those wearing the proper vestments and ring, this is what you will find. Uh, next, blood. Why does it have to be blood? A door that only opens when six people put their arms in some sort of magic blood-draining device causes all members of the group to eventually shrug and say fuck it when the door opens al does not like the idea of the cult having his blood so he soaks it up with his fine clothes will the stain ever come out uh top five things you do not want to see in a room if you have any hope of surviving one glowing crystals arranged in any sort of obviously magical device type manner Two, a solid dozen minions. Three, human sacrifices. Four, the big bad who has beat you at every turn, Kanan. Five, narrow platforms above a floor that is lava. The floor is lava, literally, in this case. 
Team Swatch has their nerve further rattled when Fleerg takes this moment to shock them all, not only by charging, uh, not only by changing sides, but sacrificing himself by jumping into the lava below to quote unquote pay off his debt to Canaan Fair Isles. Uh, I literally, literally wrote WTF in my notes. I did, for real. Uh, Al tries to use his words to solve their issues, which of course fails, so he summons giant bees and turns into a drider. As you do. Uh, without really knowing why, both Al and Alinar uh, decide that the powering up of the crystals must be stopped. So they must climb up, and down in the drider's case uh to destroy the central crystal meanwhile silrose casts spells that very much even the odds by making some of the minions switch sides which is even more helpful because of what happens next oh i've got a got a good list here <clears throat> excuse me one taflin uses his wand of levitation to momentarily hold Kanan over the lava pit below. Two, a giant lava hand shoots up and grabs the platform, starting to pull itself up. Three, Kanan's assurance that even if he is killed, his plan is already in motion and cannot be stopped turns out to be true as Tathlin releases him and he plummets to a hopefully painful, fiery death. <sighs> For a second giant lava hand appears, and in one fluid motion, a giant lava golem pulls itself up onto the platform and starts wreaking havoc. Five, the fire beast that seems to have been created slash fueled with Fleerg's soul or something um, starts jumping slash attacking, and the platform begins to fall apart. Uh, six, three of four corner crystals that have seemingly been sucking the essence out of those near them erupt lightning into the central crystal, which further shoots out of beam that causes Dryder Owl to feel a sense of calm, which is not something you want during a life or death battle. Seven, being in a room is hazardous to your health. Proof, 7A. Uh, oh yeah, so this is a make it out of live equals Dryder Al, Alinar, Silrose, Tathlin, Barb, and Lavagolum for a total of six. Killed in this room, Fleerg, sort of, Kanan, 12, mil 12 minions, 12 human sacrifices, four bees, and sadly Fury the Boar for a total of 31. So... The proof of this being a hazardous room is that 31 died and 6 made it out alive. Jesus, not a good ratio. Uh, thus begins a race to the exit because it's getting hot in here. So take off all your medical. <laughs> oh, yeah. So take off all your metal clothes because the magnets, the magnets will pull you to the wall. Yeah, there was a wall with magnets. So if you were wearing metal, you got sucked to it. Uh, but first, Team SWAT manages to with great difficulty to take down uh this used to be flurg lava golem using the following techniques one i like list as you can tell one running two drider owl following behind crawling on the roof and missing almost every shot he took while crawling along the ceiling three silros making good use of his four gallon create water cantrip since lava plus water equals rock 
Uh, four, Tathlin mastering the run and shoot. Uh, five, Barb and Alar, Alinar not getting killed by obstacles like uh, electric tilting floors and eventually exploding lava golem. Long little golems. <sighs> Guess we're all safe and nothing else bad will happen. Nope. Giant pillars following around you mean you run to escape and, in this case, run right into the arms of another group of baddies who have arrived via an airship. Our heroes were perhaps a little cocky over the defeat of Kanan and the giant lava golem, so they had what could be described as a tough time with this quote-unquote cleanup. Uh, one... Back to a nice list here. Uh, Drider Al... Drider Wee Red Al climbs... Sorry. Uh, one. Drider Wee Red Al climbs up on top of the airship. Uh, after what happened to the last airship they had, he does not want this one to get away. Apparently, a Drider on an airship draws a lot of attention, so eventually he takes enough hits that pop, he reverts back to Gnome... We read out. Two, Silrose also has that same I need an airship vibe, and he does make it a board where he is knocked unconscious. Three, Tathlin also makes it on board, which is good because he can fire a web into the propeller, watch as Al decides it's time to abandon ship, and jump off with an unconscious Silrose just as Pockery the dragon, uh, flies in and destroys the airship's balloon. Phew. Uh, Barb and Alinar battle a horde side by side, but both eventually succumb, meaning at one point most of the team was down. Uh, Al summons a hippogriff that's hit once and dies, so he summons a bison. Uh, eventually, Barb, Alinar, and Silros are stabilized. It healed, and the remaining baddies are disposed of, thus ending the threat. For now? And forever? Question mark. Uh, the end post-credit stuff, like in a Marvel movie. Okay, so this uh, this stuff I sort of came up with and took a little, uh, let's call it creative license. Uh... <laughs> and this will give you sort of an idea of each of their characters to a certain degree. Uh, Alinar sighs. He stretches his sore muscles and with a rare smile nods at a job well done. He climbs down the mountain and meets up with the wise old goat man. And together they come up with a plan. A plan where Team Swat and Team Goat will use their combined expertise to repurpose and re-outfit both the broken airship which he does with five crazy high rolls, and the once evil lair turning it into a place where the balance to the realm can be restored. Uh, two. Taflin's win is bittersweet. Not only did he suffer the loss of his trusty boar, Fury, but the destruction of Fleerg meant that his main source of information on the, loca on the location of General Kalka was also gone. Uh, when the bronze dragon Pokri flew in and saw Tathlin risk his life to save Silros from the airship, it moved him deeply. In the weeks to come, the bond between the two grew, and eventually Pokri agreed to help Tathlin with his task. So, with a fond goodbye, they left the mountaintop base behind and had many adventures of their own. 
Silros, <laughs> I will admit, Silros was a tough one because he never wrote a backstory, so I didn't really know what to do. Uh, Silros found a magic lamp and got three wishes. The end. <laughs> uh, we Riddal. Uh, who obviously that was my character, so had a little to say. Uh, we Red Al uh, had seen a lot in the past months. His secret desire for power was so close at hand, he just had to reach out and take it. He began to seriously consider using the blood oath dagger he had in order to turn those close to him to his will. The dagger he never told anyone about. Hashtag sneaky. <laughs> It was then he realized he would be no better than Canaan and saw the monster he had become. Quietly one night, without telling anyone, he filled his bag of holding with books, booze, and with one final boom grab on Barb, he head out into the realm to find new adventures. Or just to get really drunk and hang out and chill from now on. Man, who needs adventure all the time? The end. Uh, something and uh, yeah, I could say this even if uh, people who are going to be playing with me uh, listen to this, which I doubt, but you never know. Um, I've sort of hid things in those four uh, uh, sort of where are they now uh, post credit stuff uh, that hint at things that are going to happen in my campaign because it's going to sort of all be in the same universe. So kind of a cool little... Uh, little ting oh, fuck. so yeah fuck my timer up there uh, okay so uh let's uh, whoops uh whoops yeah fucking things up fucking up okay here we go hmm. okay uh yeah i screwed up the timer so we'll just uh deal with it sort of uh, today's internet intercourse sponsor is uh, Logic Miners, a.k.a. Scientists. Uh, okay, so uh, first item we got is Judge John Hodgman and No Such Thing as a Fish crossover episodes. Yeah, this is a cool idea. Um, I, it's, I, I don't know why this one more than other podcast crossovers sort of surprised me. Maybe it's because no such thing as a fish uh, is over in Britain, uh, jolly old England, you might say, you weirdo. Uh, and, Judge Ho and Judge John Hodgman is in uh, New England. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Uh, so uh, maybe I didn't think their paths would ever cross, but if you listen to both of their podcasts, they do share a lot of similarities. So uh, to hear the melding of the two was actually quite fitting. And uh, I thought I'd bring it back here because what internet intercourse is, is me bringing cool things back from the internet that perhaps you didn't know about so you can experience them for yourself and then don't have to come back to this horrible piece of shit podcast. What the fuck? Neil deGrasse Tyson everywhere. Yeah, uh, he's got a new book out. And uh, I think he's the type of guy who... Uh, he did say in some of the things I saw that he's actually kind of like would rather just stay at home, which I, I do appreciate uh, as someone who also has that desire coursing through their very veins. 
but he is sort of seemingly, if you call him and ask him to do something, he will be there, including Hot Ones, which is pretty fucking awesome. Ooh, uh, I'm just about to watch uh, uh, Thomas Middleditch on Hot Ones. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. As soon as I'm done recording this, I'm going to watch it. I can already say it'll be fucking awesome without even knowing what's going to happen. But uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson on it was pretty, pretty good, too. Man, he... He just can do things to your brain, that guy. And I love him. Uh, next, we have a tabletop fate core. Uh, yeah, this was cool. I, I, I haven't brought back a tabletop in a long while. Uh, this one had Felicia Day on it, which f my love of her transferred into a love of this, hmm, as it does. Uh, it was this cool sort of role-playing system that apparently sounds like it's been around for a long time. Uh, and the sort of cool thing about it is like you could run like a Dungeons and Dragons style game with it. You could do a sci-fi game. You could do a Western game. Uh, the, the sort of source material, the location, the lore that you use is all in your head. Uh, you're just applying the, let's call it math uh, with this sort of system. Very, very cool cool idea i have to look into it further in case i want to although uh, I, i'm digging the rules of dungeons and dragons so wait until my get my first uh, my first dming experiences out of the way i guess uh lastly we have the history of the entire world i guess uh this one like i'll give you some behind the scenes it, it's sort of exploding now onto the world uh, so by the time you're listening, you probably have already watched it, but what the hell? Folks, it's nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean butts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Nah, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper